Welcome to Exiles, a Gospel of Mark podcast. We're coming to you from Grace Church in Erie, Pennsylvania, where we're going to be having discussions about ancient truth and the person of Jesus and how we take that into our daily life. You can go to whoisgrace.com forward slash Mark for the sermons and resources that we'll be referring to during this podcast. Uh, Watching and listening to that sermon is a great way to know what we're talking about um, as we move forward. So we're going to start by introducing the panel today. Uh, My name is Danielle Hartland. I'll be your host through this journey. Uh, I am married to Dave, um, and we have a son, Dax, who just started kindergarten. I have been in ministry in some capacity uh, since 1999. We don't have to do the ages of that. You just aged yourself? No kidding. Well, I started, I actually did start young, but whatever. Um, I'm an Enneagram 5, so that will tell you all you need to know about me. Uh, Let's go around the horn. Mike. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace. I've been in this role for about a year and a half. Um, I have a beautiful wife, Emily, two daughters. Uh, Sophia's almost four. Isabel's almost two. So that tells you what my home life is like. <laughs> That's your whole life, yeah. Um, Speaking I'm, of discipleship failure. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's... In any case, I'm an Enneagram 3, and the only way I remember them is by their negative connotation. Oh, so of course. A, a 3 is a competitive jerk. Um, so. Wow. That's what I am. <laughs> wow. Okay. Derek. I'm Derek. Uh, I'm, uh, I've been at Grace for 32 years, so I'm probably the only one that outlasts you, Danielle. For sure. Um, married to Kim. Uh, we've been married for... Uh, no, wait. I've been at Grace. What you? That, I've been married for 32 years. Grace. I yeah. made a mistake there. I've been married for 32 years. I've been at Grace for almost 30, 29-ish. Well, you beat um, me with your marriage and your ministry, yeah, so great. Boom. <laughs> Um, and I uh, have three kids. They're all big now. Uh, and uh, I'm an Enneagram 3, too. So I, you just called me some names when you announced yourself. Yeah, we both are. <laughs> and it makes I, sense. I, I prefer achiever. Oh, the positive. Yeah, yeah the positive. Yeah, not, that's not you, you're into. Competitive jerk. That's what you're into. He nestles into the negative. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where he finds his strength. <laughs> Yikes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. My name is Steven. Uh, I am uh, also been here at Grace for three and a half years. Uh, I told you last week it came in during COVID, so that was not a fun time. Um, speaking of competitive jerks, I felt like one, even though I'm not a three. Um, I'm an eight. Uh, I am the resident Scotsman at Grace, and uh, people like to make fun of how I talk, so uh, enjoy that. Yeah, enjoy yeah. his dulcet tones. You're welcome. <laughs> It's one of the reasons he made it. It's the only reason I'm on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, two of you, we like to make fun of the way you talk. You yeah. too, my sir, uh, and your weird phrases. Mike, so, yeah. yeah, you're, you're the both. weird ones. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Please yeah. submit a comment. If this was on video, then uh, you would see where yeah. you're sandwiched between us. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are. Yeah. And the colors, too. Hopefully we're not affected. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> well, if we made it through some of the stuff we made it through, we'll be fine. It's true. All right, so let's start. Derek, uh, I'd like you to start. Just give us a quick... Uh, overview of this sermon, kind of your outline and where you were headed. Yeah, sure. So we're, t- we're still at the very beginning of Mark. So we're in verses two through eight. And uh, so we're introduced to John the Baptist and we see this kind of 
weird figure that's pointing the way to Jesus and introducing us to Jesus. And so we kind of picked up on that uh, welcoming theme. We were welcoming, he was welcoming Jesus mm-hmm. into ministry, and here we are positioned kind of the beginning of fall. We're welcoming uh, you know, a new year for many people, a new ministry year, a new school year, and uh, just saying, how do, we, how do we welcome Jesus into our life as we approach this new year? And so really, we just talked about, you know... Um, some expectation adjustments because, you know, Jesus kind of his kingdom came into the world's kingdom and the two couldn't be more different. And John, the initial announcer, couldn't be more of an unusual character. And so we just get all of this kind of like weird introductory Mm -hmm. stuff to go, man, this is a totally different kind of kingdom, totally different kind of power, Mm -hmm. different definition of greatness. Uh, And we start to get kind of introduced to all of those themes. And so um, I really kind of centered my sermon around this three expectation adjustments that we need to make as we think about welcoming Jesus in uh, to this new year. So I talked about Jesus isn't looking for perfect people. Um, and uh, obviously we get some of that example through John the Baptist. Um, Jesus desires confession and not triumph. And so again, one of these initial themes is just that, um, you know, that there's, there's, we're, we're, we go right into the baptism. People came repenting, they came confessing mm-hmm. sins, and I, I just think that's the perfect way uh, to approach when God comes mm-hmm. to earth and comes into your life, mm-hmm. um, that it's not a prideful, like, here are all my trophies, aren't you lucky to have me? It's more of a, uh, here, here's me and all my brokenness, I don't deserve you, but thank you for being my savior. So less like an Enneagram three and more like an Enneagram five. Well, I mean, ironically. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Just want to not to interrupt that. The third one was Jesus measures greatness by humility. Whoops. And uh, so <laughs> speaking of which, yeah. <laughs> boom, uh huh. right back on you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is really the part of the passage where, you know, John basically says, I'm, I'm, one mightier than I is coming. I'm, I'm unworthy to tie mm-hmm. his sandals kind of thing. So it's a really kind of beautiful picture of just the humble way that that really this story that, that we all find ourselves a part of is a story of Jesus, and mm-hmm. it's not a story of us. And mm-hmm. John recognized right from the, right from the, the gun here that, that he – I mean, you think about the temptation for John the Baptist, a mm-hmm. guy who grew up mm-hmm. pretty humbly, pretty poor, pretty nobody, and all of a sudden people are coming from everywhere to see him and his ministry oh, and hear yeah. him preach, and he's baptized, he's, he's the center of attention. And for him to just consistently say, guys, <laughs> it is not yeah. about me. Um, and I think he, he provides such a model for us to um, kind of to walk through our lives that this isn't mm-hmm. it's so easy for us to get caught up into this is my story. This is my, you know, my reputation. Mm-hmm. This is my I've got to guard and protect all of these things. And to, to recognize that really the story that's being written is the story of Jesus. And I just get to contribute to it and point people to him. Yeah. That's so good. that's kind of the point of the message. That's great. I loved the illustration you used about the like picture like you're looking at a picture and someone's like look at this picture of me and you just like go past them to like this bush like no wait no 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 you know right, that's get back to the main yeah subject get back to the main subject of the picture that's yeah. really cool um so out of those three expectation adjustments uh not looking for per- perfect people desiring confession and measuring greatness through humility what what resonates with you personally the most out of one of those three you guys anyone i think uh the, the measuring greatness through humility, uh, both from like a micro and a macro level. 
Uh, so, like, the individually, I mean, I mean, Jesus, and you kind of prefaced, like, later we'll get into, you know, spoiler alert, Jesus <laughs> washes his disciples' feet, but, like, that's still such a jarring yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. Or when you see someone do it, that's still so jarring, and that's the sense that, that John the Baptist had, and that's the sense that Jesus, despite being God, also brought into, yeah. and so on a micro level, just... It, it, jarring, I guess, is the word that keeps coming to mind, but also on a macro level, because you talked about king of kings, right? Caesar was the Roman Empire, the size and scope, mm. and yeah, this kingdom that's far more uh, powerful, that's going to grow far more, that, that's going to be eternal, comes with such small, humble beginnings, yeah. and there's all kind of correlations that I can pull myself to modern day from that, but just yeah. like the humility is just so jarring and boy, we just don't see it like that. And I think like, I think about how culturally offensive that act was. That's That's good. good. You know, that John the Baptist would, would mention it. And then Jesus would then go on to act in that way. Like this is reserved for the least, Mm -hmm. the lowest of the low. Um, And so there is this, this cultural offensiveness about it where people are just literally shocked Mm -hmm. You know, they're taken back by this act. So, but for me, it's this like this confessional piece, um, I think stands out to me the most, especially in light of what they had in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about a, a Jewish nation under such oppression mm-hmm. for, for so long, and this Messiah idea, you know, prepare the way of the Lord, mm-hmm. um, that they're expecting this, this conqueror, yet um, that's not what John's saying. You know, John's saying it starts with confession. It doesn't start with military act. (laughs) It starts with confession. Um, So obviously confession and humility, they go hand in hand Mm -hmm. with each other. But that just stands out to me Mm -hmm. that even, I can't put myself as a a first century Jewish person, but to try and do that, even to hear those words, like it's, it's no surprise he ends up in jail um, yeah. because of this <laughs> offensive message that the the Pharisees and the Sadducees just could not wrap their head around. Mm. Yeah. Um, why would it start with Why would it start with confession? Mm. This idea of purity, preparing yourself for the Lord to come, rather than the Messiah coming to take over and free them again. You know, from this 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 rule and mm-hmm. reign that they've been under. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we. Yeah, and we do that now. Like, we think we have such a better way to influence culture, influence the people around us, and rarely does it present as humility, confession, sacrifice, all the things that Jesus was about. I loved how you, uh, Derek, you said your summary, I think, of Corinthians. You said, God chose the weak things in the world to shame the strong, uh-huh. and that just upside-down kingdom thought. Yeah. Um, so when, how do you guys, how, thinking through that lens and what you guys just shared, like, how does that impact our interaction in the world? Like, what Christendom is perceived as, or individuals are, like, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think there's a real, there's a real um, challenge when it comes, I mean, even just hearing both of you guys mm-hmm. talk about it, you know, there, there's a, it sounds nice, in theory, but there's a rubber meets the road element to humility. Like, how right. do we actually live humbly? And it gets at what you're asking, Danielle, because it's like you look at Jesus and go, "Well, he wasn't a pushover. He wasn't. He right. wasn't. Right. He didn't let people shove him around. He didn't. He didn't shrink back from calling people to high standards. Mm-hmm. He did. So sometimes we think about, you know, we often talk about servant leadership and what does that look like and what does it mean to be. Well, you're not a 
push over, you don't lower your standards. You don't like Jesus didn't do any of those things. I think what it comes down to is the ability to lift others up wow, in importance, good. like above above yeah. yourself. And the only way to do that, when you think about how hard that actually is to do in practice, it the only way to do that, and not to keep, I mean, we, we're finding ourselves at the uh, Jesus washing the feet moment that's again okay. and again. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll one of the other, of yeah, yeah. We'll there, we'll <laughs> yeah. One of the other, I think that moment informs this because it, it there's this really cool um, passage in there that says that Jesus knew from uh, from whom he had come and knew where he was going. Mm-hmm. And then he got down and washed his disciples' feet. And it's like there's a security that comes from having your identity in Christ that allows you to not be um, intimidated by, not be, not find yourself, you know, feeling insecure about mm. lifting others up above yourself. But it, that only happens if you know who you are and you know where you're going. That, that allows you to walk in that actual humility day to day of going, I'm going to see in this moment, here's what I want. But in this moment, I'm going to see your needs as more important than my own. Yeah. And so That's I'm going good. to lift those up. So I, I think yes. about it like this as well, like understanding that identity piece, um, you know, who loves you, who saved you, um, who has called you into what you've been called to, to live in a certain way. Like it just allows you to breathe. Mm. I think so much of how we respond to culture around us is out of a fear, yeah. uh, is out of a worry, is yeah. also, uh, I don't want to use the word anxiousness because I know that that's a loaded term yeah. right now and people do legitimately struggle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is an anxiousness that when we act out of it, mm. um, there's a quickness, there's a there's a lack of thoughtfulness in our response, um, which we often, I think, look back on and regret. Yeah, yeah. you're going for like protection, right? Or like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can couch it in those very, you know, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm protecting my family or I right. need to stand against this person or this thing because I'm, and so there, sometimes that comes in and it feels very justifiable because totally. I'm doing this good thing. Totally. Um, but there's a way in which we do that that I think points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that, so you said offensive a couple of times, Stephen, and I, I think that's probably when I said jarring and the whole like I'm not worthy like I think culturally offensive there's so many things that Jesus will do that we'll soon read about and and what John is doing is offensive but he's not trying to be offensive right he's not shying away or shrinking back but nor is he grabbing the megaphone and standing on a street corner and blasting people I mean he's he's living out his faith and what he's called to do uh uh he's doing it as he's called without a trying to be offensive i guess but he's not shying away either Mm -hmm. and there's just a a, um what's the word i'm looking for just an authenticity Mm -hmm. to that that i think so you talk about christendom today Mm -hmm. i guess for me personally and and for others and for us like i would hope that like we're living out we're trying to emulate and be an apprentice of jesus doing it authentically but but not trying to do it offensively Mm -hmm. because i think that that has hurt us as a Christian church, as a Western church, as an American church, because if we try to go be offensive in the presentation of the gospel in word or deed, that's not how Jesus did it. That's not how John did it. And that's that creates uh, a fracture. That creates a, a, an us versus them. And But rather just to live it out, not trying to be offensive, taking the licks when they come, but also just walking in that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's. I think as you're talking, I think the irony of how the script is flipped, mm-hmm. um, right? Because what was culturally offensive back then was this idea of humbling yourself to wash, you know, uh, f- the feet of somebody. That, so that was reserved for the lowest. What is culturally offensive to us now as Christians mm-hmm. is is the complete opposite of. Um, and so there's this like, okay, we need to follow in Jesus' footsteps. So what? How do we flip the script of what we would consider culturally offensive now today? Uh, and how do we bring a different cultural offensiveness um, that people just don't see, that there's no, there's no reference for, um, but people are shocked mm. by? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of it, too, is the words versus the walk or the behavior. So I mm. think a lot of times, I'll say for the American church anyway, we default to words publicly. We default to like declarations and words and lines in the sand and whatever versus literally living out what we see about Jesus and believe about Jesus publicly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of it is uh, to, to go along with that part, part of it is to the, the way to avoid just like being a, a megaphone Christian Mm -hmm. where we're just blasting out opinions Mm -hmm. about everything is to actually walk with people who are going through whatever our opinions are about. Right. So in other mm-hmm. words, if we have a strong feeling about some That's social good. issue or some strong feeling about abortion or sexuality and how it's defined or any of those things, instead of just posting about it every other day on social media about how horrible the culture is on this or how horrible the other side is, to actually befriend somebody who mm-hmm. is walking through that or who has walked through it, and all of a sudden the words become actions very fast. Oh, and I yeah. think it's one of the, the best ways not only to, to, to demonstrate humility and to show the other person that they're important to us, but it's also a way to, to, to shape our own heart hearts mm-hmm. into having more compassion and more understanding and more and and all of those things breed in us this thing that John and Jesus are calling us to which mm-hmm. is a, a a humble confessional approach to life but it's easy to avoid that if we hide behind our keyboards and just make statements and opinions all day right that's one of the reasons I love this pray for eight initiative we're doing those of you who are attending you'll have been through this but it's also on the website having those people physically live around you in your neighborhood, it's so easy to just be behind your keyboard, but also just be in your house or in your yard or on your deck or whatever. The minute you cross that line or they cross that line, suddenly your world just opens up. Mm-hmm. To, even, if it's this, even if you have a lot of the same ideals you know, or whatever, it's still giving you an opportunity to put yourself in a place where you can lift them up. So like one super practical example, Dave and I try with this one, this one couple, we try to ask them their opinions about things. We don't prescribe it every time we get together, it's just something he and I talked about. Um, and not even because of this, but now I'm framing it in this. It honestly wasn't the reason, it was just more like- You're very spiritual, Danielle, good job. <laughs> You're applying Guys, <laughs> I pre-applied this last week. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking notes, I'm before, taking notes. Before I even knew about it. Yeah. Before it was known. That's how spiritual you are. I know, duh. 99. Uh, yeah, right. Since 99. Yeah, so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm making it fit, but it is asking them a question or, you know, it was more just a conversation kind of starter thing. Um, but now that I have this framework, I can use it to help encourage them in what they're doing 
parenting wise is our, mm. is our big connection, but yeah. Well, there's yeah. a, there's a humility in being willing to engage beyond, beyond the keyboard or beyond your living room yeah. and engage with people walking through that. So if we can wrap this all together, right? There's a humility <laughs> to actually step out and do that. I might not actually know. And then when you do engage, you, you get empathy. Like you get to know someone's story or like the neighbor with the barking dog all the time. Won't they just shut that thing up? Well, then if you actually get to know them, actually they're going through some difficult stuff and they don't really, they can't get out because... Who knows? There's a hundred reasons why, and now there's empathy there, not judgment and bitterness. Right. And now there's a door open to yeah. be able to create a, a relationship. And we, John didn't go back to like the Holiday Inn and then pop out to the river. Like he lived in the wilderness <laughs> with the people. Jesus walked with the people. Yeah. I think so. How can we make, you know, yeah. take some of this and apply in our lives? Like go walk with people in these different arenas, engage with them, gain empathy, hear their story. And it does something to your heart yeah. and it does something to your witness. It's yeah. like, it's, a, it's, it's, I think empathy is the output, uh, I think, but it, it first starts with the choice of like, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to not be prideful here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like to sit behind a keyboard, anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, anybody yeah. can do it. In fact, everybody does it yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> at why some point. Yeah. Right. Um, but the choice to move towards yeah. is a choice to put pride aside. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Typically, the output is empathy eventually because you, you get to hear their story. Mm-hmm. You get to hear their struggle. You get to hear what they're going through. And I, I just think um, Jesus is just such a perfect picture of this. Um, you know, there's, there's wisdom in who he confronts. And I think it's that, that's very mm-hmm. important for us, too. Um, and I know, Derek, a few weeks ago in a sermon, you talked about, you know, this idea of judging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think just as Christians, mm-hmm. we get the order wrong. You know, and so we have this tendency to judge a world who has not chosen to subscribe to the teachings of Jesus right. um, or follow him as we have chosen to. Um, and yet we don't judge those in the church, but mm. it's almost like Jesus flips that script too. Right. And so the people that he confronts are the people who have chosen to live right. such the a high standard exactly. of life, right. but are failing to see the plank in their own eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but every time he moves towards somebody who has not subscribed to that, he moves towards them with compassion. Yeah. He sets aside his keyboard, metaphorically, yeah. right? Um, sets aside his, his keyboard and gets to know the person yeah. and understands their story first. And that's shocking. Yeah. It's shocking. And again, I, I, I just want to say it clearly because, and we're all saying it, yeah. but you know, the, the choice to forego pride and to take a step to live humbly or whatever. Uh, we, when, we, when we even say it that way, it sounds very spiritual, very ethereal, lofty, yeah. lofty or whatever. Yeah. But like we, you're saying, this pray for eight or something like that. And, and even my next step today, which we may talk about a little later, but it's just like, yeah. what is one simple step of obedience that you can take? Like it doesn't, it, you can boil it down mm-hmm. to like if, for those of yeah. you that don't know, this pray for eight thing is we're just encouraging our congregation to get to know be, to, to even pray for somebody, you have to know their name. So to right. get to know the names. I have a blank square yep. online still. <laughs> first, first and last name of the eight people who live closest to you. Mm-hmm. So your eight closest neighbors. And for some people who live out in the country, that may be a big span. For some people who live in an apartment, it may be a hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, Could also be like a work cubicle. A work cubicle, yeah. right. Dormitory. Exactly, if it doesn't. Dormitory. Yeah, dorm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But my point is that this whole set aside pride and live humbly the next step of obedience may be 
as simple as um, when I get home from work, I'm not going to close the garage door behind me. 100%. I'm going to leave it open and mm. I'm going to walk out into uh. my driveway and see if I notice anybody walking out. I mean, it could be as simple it's as that. So, it yeah, could but be, that's so hard. It's so hard, right? That's could, so right. difficult. Or but it yes, could be, it could I'm going to sit on the front porch instead of the back porch yep. tonight. Yes. Yep. Yep. And the people that walk by on the sidewalk, I'm going to say hello or whatever, whatever it is. So I, I just want to take it out of the that's lofty good. and yeah, go... The, what is Sometimes the next a, right yeah, thing? Just yeah, a little decision to go. I'm gonna put myself. Out. I know one for me over the years has been um, because we all want to just be self. We all want to be self. You know, sustaining mm-hmm. the the ability to go to a neighbor and say, "Could I borrow a tool mm. that I don't have?" You've got like eight wrenches. You're like, yeah. "Can I borrow a wrench?" <laughs> <laughs> but it just it yeah. puts your it puts you in the posture of needing something. Yeah. So, and again, as Christians, I think we're always seen as the ones providing. We're trying to give Give. you, get you to do something different or whatever. And when you just, again, flip the script and go, actually, I need something from you, you put yourself in kind of this humble position. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't have one. Could I borrow yours? Opens up a whole, it it kind of puts them in the higher position of having something I don't have. And then they're allowing me to, I don't know. It's just, it's a goofy little thing, but I'm saying a lot of this starts with goofy little things. It's you know? really practical, but it's like, as you, Hard as you say that, it's, that's my worst. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're shaking <laughs> that's, on the end. That's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, I'm like, my palms Steven's are sweating. sweating. You would drive down to the hardware, 20 minutes round trip, spend $20 yeah. to uh, get that wrench. Yeah, you would. My wife will confirm. My wife <laughs> will confirm. My neighbor next door. I mean, he has every tool under the sun right. and he is the most gentle, awesome individual. He'll give you anything, but I will never ask for a single <laughs> yeah. thing. Awesome. Uh, well, we know, first uh, we know Steven's next small step. Yep. That's, yeah. So what do I need to ask for? Chicken coop. <laughs> chicks are- we, we have lots here. We have lots of needs. We have <laughs> lots of needs. Yeah. Have many things to choose from. It's funny, though, that you're saying that. Like, yeah, all of these on paper are just like, yeah, leave the garage door open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take them a meal. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Not easy. Especially in the culture we've like we've built around, and I'm not going to blame blame COVID for this, but I think it mm-hmm. locked the doors big time. Mm. Like, oh, I love my like I love my house. I love being in here. I everything's perfect. You have your like work set up now. You have everything in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've got to talk to people. We have to talk to humans <laughs> that we aren't related to. <laughs> and for those of you who just have cats or dogs. And start talking to people. This means you too. Ask, yeah. When Sarah comes back next week, she can tell you how to pet a dog. You can go ask to pet a dog. You got to do this stuff. We got to do it. It's crazy. Um, okay, another thing I want to talk about um, is this wilderness moment that you got to in your sermon. Um, you, you're saying kind of like wilderness. I'm putting it in my own words. Wilderness is a good place to meet with God. Um, so we're talking about wilderness. Let's talk about some, what's wilderness? Let's just talk about that. And maybe we can do a little talk about John the Baptist too. Well, the way I framed it is it's, it's really this, it, it is through scripture, a real yeah. metaphor for struggle, idolatry, wandering. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a hard place. Yeah. Um, but it's also a place where you see regularly, people, it's where people meet with God. And it's because it's where our self-sufficiency, which we're just talking about, comes to an end. Mm-hmm. And we realize, oh, wow, there's nothing to drink. Right. Look at that rock over there. Maybe God needs to provide me water from that rock. Right. There's nothing to eat. Oh, maybe God needs to provide me manna from heaven. And so there's this whole like 
the desert is where the wilderness is where we run out of ourself mm-hmm. and realize the my only hope is God. And it happens in scripture, but I think it happens metaphorically mm-hmm. with us too. So I don't know if you guys have had any wilderness moments, but that that's kind of the framework of the message that yeah. that uh, that I talked about. Yeah, I've, uh, Saint John of the Cross talks about this concept of dark night of the soul. Yeah, and uh, back in 2021, because I started in 22, so back in 2021, my wife and I we. Uh, I was in the Marines for seven years. So we bounced all over the place. We finally settled up here in Erie. We're trying to get close to my wife's family in Buffalo, and we missed. Um, so we're here in Erie. By two we, hours. We st- by two hours. Close, but <laughs> not close enough. A I'm sarcastic like snap. Per- perfect distance. Uh, just perfect distance. Um, love you guys. Uh, Sorry, but So we got settled. COVID was still a thing. We were having trouble making friends. All of a sudden, the job that I was in, I wasn't super fulfilled in. And it just seemed like things started... I started progressing into the wilderness. You know, we had to put my dog down. Uh, oh. I got COVID. Um, we had a kitchen remodel that just went months too long. And that sounds dumb, but when you start compounding these things, yeah. um, even when I, I think the, the straw that broke the camel's back, not much of a straw, was was watching the Afghanistan withdrawal, a country that I deployed oh. to and invested time in and to watch that kind of unravel. And I didn't realize... Oof how much that actually affected me. And she compound all of that. And, and Emily was pregnant with our second daughter and we had a baby and yeah. it was probably, it was, it was the driest, darkest spiritual season of my life. Um, and it, yeah, it sucked. But coming on the other end of that though, uh, you know, and from there is where Scott and I really started to have good talks and started to clarify this calling to ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when watching God resolve some family issues that were happening. Mm-hmm. I can look back on that now mm-hmm. yeah. and I can see where that rock, where God gave me water out of that rock yeah. and, and where he like provided for me. And it's, it's set that foundation of faith and where I've seen God move gratitude for I've seen God move in the past. And it sets the foundation for faith for, I know he can move and provide in the future. And so not that everybody goes through the dark night of soul and finds themselves in vocational ministry, but some of those darkest moments where God shows up the, the clearest and can just like trajectory altering mm. spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. Yeah. So I don't know. If I had to equate a season of my life to wilderness, yeah. 2021 sucked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's similar in a sense that I, I can identify two areas in my life and they're both, um, they're both surrounded by moves. Mm. Um, so the first one is moving from Scotland. I was 21. Um, I still remember giving my hu- my mom a hug. And I mean, I'd walked that airport um, terminal before, but for whatever reason, it turned into five miles, it Ugh. felt like. And I could just see her, you know, tears in her eyes, watching her son walk, tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And it was like every time I looked back, she was still there. It's oh. like, you know, get going, get going, get going. Yeah. Um, but then you, you come, you know, you leave that which is familiar. And then you come to a place that you have no point of reference. Mm-hmm. You know, so here I was as this, you know, I like to call myself a city boy um, growing up. And I moved into the middle of nowhere. The middle of nowhere. Like people in Western New York didn't even know where Wilson was when I moved there. <laughs> That's how small Wilson was. And I lived in a converted chicken coop when I moved here. Oh, wow. And here I was, this like 
you know, thinking I'm this. Together. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's coming together. <laughs> thinking I'm this this big, you know, hotshot uh-huh. city boy, um, and then I move to the middle of nowhere with no point of reference at all, um, and I'm now stepping into this youth pastor role. Um, really, with I understood. I mean, I grew up in a church, so I understood yeah. Christian leadership, but with no point of reference, no support system mm-hmm. around me. Um, and so everything that was familiar, I just felt like I was in the middle of a wilderness. And then that second one was really the move from that place that had become home. Sure. Um, so 21, all through my 20s until, you know, my mid-30s. Uh, so these people had become family because they had, you know, helped me meet my wife and watched us date. And then we got married and then we had kids. And, yeah. you know, this church that surrounded me really became my family. And then here we were again, uprooting, leaving our family behind and moving. Granted, we're down in Erie, so it's only two hours away. And we see these people. But again, it was this leaving that which was yeah. familiar yep. and stepping into the wilderness. But to Mike's point. So grateful that those seasons happened Mm -hmm. because you learn uh, the deficiencies of your soul, if you Mm -hmm. will, and then God meets you right there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so where there is no spring to drink from anymore, God becomes your source. Uh, And it's just, it it has been a beautiful journey, really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the backside of those moments, I wouldn't trade them. You you wouldn't trade them. Yeah. And I think what people need to know is that you know, we're, we've all been in a conversation here for the last few months with some folks that are helping us to dream about the future at Grace, and they, they talk about this discipleship dip, mm-hmm. you know, that when you That's follow good. Jesus, yeah. we, we all go through these dips at time where you find yourself in a place where it's like, I don't know how to follow him right now. Yeah. Like, I don't have the tools. I don't have the experience. I don't have this. Like, I don't know what this looks like. All I know is it feels like he's not here anymore. And that's the dark night of the soul. It's the it's these moments, and I think that it's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to do this together with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've all had people that have kind of stepped in during those times and showed us the way, or reminded us of the character of God or what He's like. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think about like even the Israelites who were in their own wilderness wanderings for a long time. Well, that's where there was the you know the cloud by day and the fire by night. Yeah. And I think about that and just go, God wasn't really necessarily speaking to them in that way he was just showing them his movements and his rhythms Mm -hmm. and giving them a sense of i'm still i'm not speaking right now but Mm -hmm. i'm still moving moving. and and if if you'll i'm here and if you'll just move with me Mm -hmm. this is going to all make sense some someday and i think it's important even just for people to know who you know, who may be new to Christianity, who may be <laughs> considering Christianity, mm-hmm. that, yeah, th- this isn't a, you know, this isn't rainbows and gumdrops all the time. It, it's, there are very difficult moments, but, but I believe our faith makes sense of that. All of humanity experiences that. Yeah. I believe our faith makes sense of it better mm-hmm. than any other worldview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so our God is, our God can be trusted. Right. Yeah. And I think there's there's this destination motif that's so strong in our world. Like we just want to get there. Just get there. Yeah. Yeah. But do we ever really? Right. Um and and we keep chasing and we keep chasing and we keep chasing. If only I had, if only if, if only then. Mm -hmm. Um and I just don't our God is not a God of destination. Yeah. Um, you know, when he created the world, it said that he dwelt with. Mm -hmm. And so there's this being reality, there's this presence reality. We messed it up. We turned our back on him. Um, but God desires to be with his people. Mm -hmm. 
And so there's just this, I think the moment that we can embrace the journey and know mm-hmm. that, yeah. yeah, sure, there's decisions along the way, and those are important, but we have a God who sent his son to save us yeah. so that he could be with us again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just when we can embrace that, God is on the journey with us. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. God has invited us into his story yeah. and we now get to play the part that we were made to play the whole time mm-hmm. yeah. um, and enjoy yeah. it along the way. And, the, and those wilderness moments, in addition to having retrospective thought on your own personal life, it sets you up to tell that better story to someone else. You're telling yes. yeah. Jesus's story in a better way because of what you've, you've been through, because of what we've all been through. I mean, Steve and I, yeah, yeah right here, exactly we're perfect. able to like yeah. honor God with our stories and, right. and that... The destination thing, right? I, and I'm, I'm a guy. Screw the drive. Let's just get there, right? Let's drive through the night. And Emily, sure. don't ask for directions that, so. either. Yeah, yeah. no, get, you just go, right? Because I would never want to roll the window down. <laughs> you have to pee. There's a cup in the back. Hey, we literally a, have we have a portable potty. Let's, in our okay, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <nah. laughs> my wife bought it too. I didn't buy it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my gosh! I but, married someone who has wanderlust, so it's like, oh, a bridge. Oh, a so. You guys familiar with the term Guardy Lou? Guardy Lou? No, no, that's a Scottish. That's Say what it. they Guardy Lou, and then they would toss uh, out the window. Toss a what out the window? Well, just use your imagination. I need you when, to tell when, me actually, what they're tossing out the window. Is there a limitation culturally to like what's allowed to be tossed? When out? the infrastructure was not in place in houses, uh-huh. that, is it there that, now? That is what in they Scotland? would. <laughs> yeah, okay. What's the word? Yeah. Say it. Guardy Lou. And you're tossing it out the window. Mm-hmm. Like if, if Scottish people are listening to this, are they going to be offended that you're saying this word? Is no, they probably laugh. It's kind of like oh, a heads oh, up. But like, so it's like a oh, We're offended by everything. L O O. Like the Lou? Don't ask me how to spell it. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Put you into another dark night of the school. I'm picturing Steve Smelly bees. Garden Lou. Garden Lou. On the way to Buffalo to visit his family. You're welcome. That one was for free, man. I'm going to use that. Don't even worry about it. When are you going to be assured Mike is going to use it? He's going to mess it up. If I know you. And now I'm picturing Steve is just walking on the streets of Scotland. Like, <laughs> Ew. For well, that's why they would yell. Now, listen, we're talking, you know, 1800s. No, we're talking oh. last week. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> but that's why they would yell so you would get out of the way. Yeah. Guardy yeah. Lou. It was a, you're welcome. Here it comes. Here it comes. Well, maybe we'll use it. Okay. That's my thing for today. <laughs> for, okay, good. Main takeaway from today. 100%. What's your next step? Next step. Um, Use Gardy Lou on my next vacation. Not to ask, but why did you bring that up? <laughs> because I talked fine. about throwing pee out the oh, window. Oh, throwing pee out the window. Oh, traveling. Yeah, and then I envisioned them like throwing it. Take us there. Right. It was no. actually you two. <laughs> That's pretty good for me. But yeah. it did have to do with That's the bathroom thing. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, we're near our time. Other than Gardy Lou, any... <laughs> Any final Any thoughts? Steps? Any final thoughts before I give the next steps? <laughs> I am scared to. I'm not opening it up. Okay. <laughs> Take ne- us there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, you guys can go to uh, whoisgrace.com forward slash mark. In addition to the resources there, you can submit questions to us that we can use in these discussions. So please, please feel free to do that. Next week, we're going to be covering Mark 1, 9 to 13. Um, so if you want to kind of pre-read that, you can do that as well. Um, we, as, as we said last week, we want to give you a next step every single time. So this week is just that question that uh, Pastor Derek alluded to. What is my next small step of obedience today? Um, 
ask that of yourself or another, you know, what is the next right thing I need to do? Something along those lines. Um, and that goes with our theme that we come up to. I'll let you talk about that. Our ordinary heroes theme. Um, yeah. Why don't you give it a quick. Sure. The thing that, so we, we talk about four themes that kind of emerge again and again through the gospel of Mark. And, uh, actually there's two that kind of go together. It's discipleship failure and ordinary heroes because Mark often does it. I'm convinced on purpose, sure. <laughs> that we see the disciples failing, we see them not getting it, we see Jesus getting almost frustrated with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is your faith? Like, what? <laughs> didn't we just go over this? Yeah. And then, you like the next passage will be some no-name random character in the mm-hmm. story totally getting it. Killing it, yeah. <laughs> just killing it. Like they get who Jesus is, they have incredible faith, they believe in him, and and they are kind of showing us what it looks like to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is so comforting to us mm-hmm. because, you know, it's the little people, it's mm-hmm. the common people, it's the one and and it shows that we can all follow Jesus. Right. And so anyway, the, the ordinary hero theme is the theme for this week um, because John the Baptist is one of those yeah. characters where he's a nobody. He grew up kind of a nobody, and he's the one that is kind of the prophet in the form of Elijah yeah. that gets to announce the coming kingdom. And uh, so whenever these themes come up, um, we've got a cool spot over yeah. on the website mm-hmm. where we've got the themes listed but then a tool that we want to provide everybody is that there's a, a discipleship question or a prompt that's associated with that uh, theme that people can then take action on. That's good. And as a reminder, you said this in your sermon too, but as a reminder, the goal of discipleship is not only be like Jesus, it's be like Jesus if Jesus was you mm-hmm. in your own life. So this is a great practical way to do that. What is my next small step of obedience today? Could be, maybe it's taking the pray for eight things seriously. Maybe it's reading Mark. Maybe it's leaving your garage door open, uh, going on one less shopping trip, whatever. Um, so maybe it's Tally Ho or what was the... Ginger Lou. Heads up! Ginger <laughs> Lou. Unless you don't have plumbing in your house. What's that? You want to be good to your neighbors. Oh, oh, gosh. Oh, Guardy. You lived in a chicken coop, apparently, so. I'm calling it Tally Ho, by the way. (laughs) I'm assuming that's something different. I don't know what that is. It's something with a horse. Isn't it Tally Ho? I don't know, Daniel. It's from Mary Poppins. I know that one. (laughs) So my small step is going to be. Oh, go uh, for it, yeah. Is going to be asking. Asking for, okay, ask for help. Yeah. That's a good one. So that ask is me, a really ask good me one. next week. Yeah. I will ask Your you. Your friend with all the tools, you got to go. That's good. That's a good one. Good ask him you. to use your bathroom. <laughs> Guardy Lou! <laughs> That's too uncomfortable for you. No, just hard do, to, go hard all enough way. to ask for some garden That's shoes. a bigger Rip step. off the band-aid. Okay, we'll just let this devolve into chaos. Thank you for listening. Whoisrace.com forward slash Mark. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.